Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Money with Alpha. And I'm very excited because I have Helen Baker here with me today. Helen is a very experienced, very heart-centered financial planner who's got an immense amount of experience and does some really awesome work. So welcome, Helen. Hello. Hello, everyone. And I'd like, can you give us a bit of um, a story, like what you've done, how you've got to where you are and um, what what you do? please. In like two sentences or? (laughs) Uh, However long it takes is fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I guess when you look back, you see the threads of, oh, I see how I got to where I am now. But at the time, you're just sort of rolling with it. But yeah, I guess for for us, we, um, we grew up overseas for until I was about five and we moved to Australia for my dad's health to get to a warmer climate. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that, we had to sell up a very nice home and moved to Australia and things didn't quite work out as planned. And uh, so we found ourselves stuck in a housing commission rent cycle. And I think just that uncertainty of money and uh, things that sort of went on made me think, you know what, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be employed all the time so I can always have certainty over my income. Um, and then I'm going to push ahead and I'm going to buy my own house. So I think some of those threads personally started when I was younger Mm. and then just sort of going, this is actually my third career. So I wasn't always a financial advisor. And I think that's actually good because for me, you know, you have other experiences and and you have bring other things to the party, which I think is great. Mm. Um, But yeah, sort of as I started working in financial advice, I found a lot of women drawn to me at that point in time. There were very few female advisors. I used to say, (laughs) we never have to queue for the toilet. There's like, (laughs) at a conference, there's no one sort of around. (laughs) Yeah. And I used to also say, I'm the best female advisor in Queensland under Godfrey Pembroke, because I'm the only one so that makes me the worst as well so (laughs) but um yeah I think that's evolved over time but I definitely started to see particularly women going through some challenging times like divorce or widowed that real sensitive area I loved working with those people because then I knew they were safe Mm. and from there it's just sort of evolved and the brand on your own two feet obviously is communicating that independence and that stability Mm. um but yeah so yes love Loving what I do, loving seeing what's happening in women's lives and loving seeing how their life has turned out even better than they had planned without getting the advice. Yeah, I know that's and it's beautiful. And that's one of the things that really connected me with you because it's been a number of years. So we, we met many years ago when I was looking at going down the financial planning um, path. Yes. And and we sort of we lost touch for a bit and we reconnected recently. And I was very yes. excited as soon as I got to this event. I was like, oh my gosh, there's Helen. I've been <laughs> wanting to reach out to Helen for a long time. And I refer you to people anyway. So um, because I really, I really value what you do and how you do it and the level of integrity that you do it with. Thanks. So what what have you seen that's changed? Because I think one of the things that that really holds um, people back, women in particular, about seeking out a financial plan is help 
is there's just this confusing, conflicting information. There's been a lot in the media about, you know, the, the changes and restructures and, you know, the, you know, the, the level of, of integrity of, and the structure of the industry. How has that changed over the last few years and hopefully made life better for clients? <laughs> Yeah, in some ways, I would argue it's not better. Um, what I think is, you know, there are areas of the industry that definitely needed some cleaning up, and I think that's good. I think the definition of financial advice is confusing to people. For mm. my experience, I think people just think, oh, you're going to sell me an investment and take a commission. Mm. But to me, um, when someone said to me, you should be a financial advisor, I was like, oh, no, thank you. Um, long time ago now, but I, I stepped back and I thought, you know what, to me, it's actually project management. It's getting people through these steps to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve or fix problems or prevent problems from happening and avoiding a mistake, I always say, is always key because that would pay for itself. Yeah. Um, and it's people and then it's finance. So it's those three together and investments may play a role in that. But to me, there's a lot of strategic advice and that's the bit that's really fun as well because, you know, the markets will do what the markets will do, but you can do some things that can, you know, strategically do things that actually make your position better and you can make decisions about how you control that and move forward. So I think that's exciting. But to your point about how it's changed for the industry, the sad part I feel as somebody who's very passionate about women in particular um, getting on their own two feet and not living out of cars down the track and, and the things that we, you know, that are out there at an extreme level. There are obviously a lot of women who are very successful that we work with as well yeah. um, that are that are uh, better and still in better positions because of the advice. But, you know, that we've seen over the years that, giving advice to people who were in a position that really needed to be in a better position, such as not carrying debt into um, retirement, mm. having to use their super to clear debt, that kind of pressure, doing things earlier had made a massive difference. The problem now is because our licence fees are so high and because they've added so many layers upon layers upon layers of um, paperwork and documentation and repeating that the fees have gone up. And so what's happening is people who could get advice before can now no longer get advice. And they're the people where a few tweaks here and there would make such a big difference. You know, people who have multi-millions will still be fine down the track. But the people who had, you know, a smaller super um, and had some complexities in their situation will struggle now to get some advice. There are some people who are still doing it, what we call transactional advice, mm -hmm. but it has changed. And, yeah, so pros and cons, I guess, depending yeah. on which aspect you're looking at. Yeah. So what are the, what are the I guess, the we'll look at the problems and potential solutions that you, you've you seen over the years. So what, what are probably the top three, if any, I mean, you can two, five, whatever, but what are like the, the, the main problems that you see when um, a woman in particular comes to you that like situations have got themselves into or problems that need to be like more immediately addressed? Yeah. So if I had a dollar, as they say, for every time someone said, oh, I wish I met you five years ago or 10 yeah. years ago, or I wish I, they had this book when I was younger or something like that, you know, I think one of the things is people take a long time to act. One is because I think 
Um, we don't know what we don't know. Like we don't um, we don't think we're in a position where we can get advice or should be getting advice, you know, think that it's just for the really super wealthy. Like there are still things that people can do. Yeah. The other one I think is they don't know who to go to. Yeah. Um, so who's safe, you know, where, where can I start? So that puts a, and to be fair, if I'm on the other side, I'd be thinking probably something similar, like it's just um, a big hole. And and so that's a little bit of a problem. Um, but I think as well, sometimes, and I did my master, when I did my master's, um, one of the, the last ones, we had to do a research project. And one of the things I did was actually titled, Why Don't Women Seek Financial Advice? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I had some experiences from what I was hearing people saying when they had come in. Mm-hmm. But even if you go through and research it, one of the big ones that came up, and this is no offense to men, because I work with guys who are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a perception that uh, the guys don't speak my language, um, they're cowboys, I'm going to throw all my money on Wall Street and I'm going to go bust. And, you know, obviously like anything, there's good and bad in any industry, in any kind of occupation, you'll find whatever. So, you know, it's finding, again, those good people that are out there to look after you and keep you safe. But yeah. that's a big deterrent. And because there were so few women female advisors in the industry Mm. there was a sense like you know I don't know I can't go anywhere or I don't understand um what they're saying and yeah so I think now you know I've been doing this now I think 14 years that's definitely changing women are way way more um knowledgeable yeah, yeah. such as things like yourself like those things that you're communicating out there that help give people confidence and help give them some construction around oh okay now I've got this piece I can move on to the next stage or I see why I would benefit from advice so yeah, yeah. and you're right that's one of the things I'm always saying is you just you just need to start I mean even right. if it comes to even if it comes to saving they like just start yeah there's, there's no there's no time like the present because like you said I mean my daughter's I, I think because I, 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 I calculate back from when my daughter was born when things pre so I, I don't think I've really seen you since then so I was like well she's seven so it must yeah. have been before that and I was like if I hadn't started sort of what I'd started when I did then I'd be like I'd already be that seven years or more behind yeah. um, now and then and time just disappears yeah. So, and even even the investing. I mean, there's so many opportunities now to if people don't want to have like full on investment portfolios, even just do some micro investing just to start, or even in yeah. super. Um, and yeah. that's not to say play around with it too much because I think there's an education piece that comes before yeah. that. Um, but yeah, but even adding into super, that's that's mm. another aspect of it as well. So, because I, I was looking at there was a, a paper released recently which um, tracked sort of the, the super balances between men and women. And up yes. until the age of 30, they were identical. From yes. the age of 30, it started to sort of you know, disparately change. So the men's balances just went up and up and a woman's balance was up but a lot slower. And yeah. I think there was about $130,000 difference by the time they reached the age of 40. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. So, and yeah. Sorry. A lot of the reasons around that obviously is, women still tend to be the primary carer of children. And when they return back to the workforce, they tend to go part-time or they take a lower 
you know, job so that they're still available for children running around to sports and so on. Yeah. And also one of the things I see, um, I've created called it the um, career choice gap because yeah. just by nature of a lot of women, we tend to choose caring roles. Mm-hmm. And so that could be, you know, the teacher, the aged care worker, the kindergartens, the, a lot of those nurses even, they get paid a lot less than somebody who's perhaps an engineer or some, and there's a lot of women in engineering roles now, don't get me wrong, but there is still a lot of people choosing either lower paid positions that don't pay as great, even though we've seen certainly through COVID that these were the kind of people who were so vitally important to us. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's those, there's the the issues with parental leave, which is constantly getting looked at. So yeah. we sort of have retirement gap, we have gender pay gap, and we have mm. what I call career choice gap, which are all impacting on that. And I would also add to that, again, on the research that indicated that men took more risk than women did. And to me, that's an education piece because a lot of times when you talk to a client, they'll say, I'm I'm conservative or I'm, and then you, we, in one of my meetings, the third meeting we have is um, an investment philosophy dis- discussion before we even give advice. And we yeah. walk through a whole heap of detail around investments that Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand that. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they again, education, getting explained correctly, yeah. getting confidence still doesn't mean you have to go crazy if that's not appropriate for you. And yeah. that's the key. What's appropriate for you yeah. personally, yeah. as well as your age, which everything changes based on what you're trying to achieve in your age. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, the, your risk tolerance and yeah, because I, I quite often will see the like, oh, I've been hearing a lot about Bitcoin. So I invested in some Bitcoin and now I've lost most of it. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe do a little bit more research before, <laughs> looking into, before you actually go. But then but then they're, they're also the sort of person who'll be very hesitant about saving or investing at all, but yet they'll go into Bitcoin. Right. Like, right. Okay. So there's, there's, there is definitely an awareness and that's linked to education and it's yeah. a self-awareness, which is why a lot of the time, like I was saying before, I, I start a lot with values and yes. helping women understand who they are, what they want, why they want it, what are their limiting beliefs, what are the habits that they're doing that aren't serving them when it comes to money because a lot of that will even hold them back from they'll be they'll get stuck in the hole, oh, I can't find a, a financial planner that that I can trust. I like, right. well, just ask people. You'll be really yeah. like referrals are, are, are often the best. Like if somebody's physically used someone who they can, they can refer you to and they're like, yes, this person's really good. You still have to figure out for yourself if that person will suit you. Right. But it's, it's um, yeah, it's that education or at least curiosity, having, having a degree of curiosity to go seek out the answer to a question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think knowing the questions to ask as well. So, you know, part of the book from the education of the book is to understand what financial advice benefits are and whether you're, having read that, comfortable doing a DIY or whether you want to seek advice. But now you know better the questions and, again, more importantly, the mistakes to avoid yeah, um, yeah. to do to do that to make sure because one mistake is so so expensive usually I mean that's the problem in this space is mm. you know it's not fifty dollars it's big 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 money if you get some things wrong yes now um, you mentioned your book so I wanted wanted to to make sure that we, we people are aware 
So Helen has written, she's actually written a, um, a couple of books, but the, the I think the one you're referring to here is you're on your own two feet. Um, and it's, um, you've recently, because when I, I first bought the, bought the book a while back and then when recently you sent me the, the current version, I was like, wow, this is really developed. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the book itself, um, how you came to write it and what triggered you to do a, a refresh? Yeah, so I think for the, the first time I wrote it, I was just sort of putting some some very basic pieces out there. And then after a while, I just thought, you know what, there's there's so much more that people are, are making mistakes with. And, you know, classic one, right, consolidate your supers. If you listen to the radio or you read some articles out there by some people, they are telling you consolidate, 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 which obviously sounds like that would make sense. But what they don't realise is all the bits inside there, once you've consolidated, they're gone. And which way do you consolidate? And don't believe everything that you hear. There is so much that is said out there that's somewhat true, but not necessarily 100% true and certainly not 100% true in all cases. Mm. So I think it's, um, I just thought, you know what, I just want to put it out there for everybody to kind of go, oh yeah, okay, now I see what it is. And again, you know, do I DIY? And as I say to people, I'm not buying a Porsche with this. So, you know, don't think, um, oh yeah, she's selling books so she can make a million dollars. Like I'd love to, because the money that we actually uh, make from these go to charities to help support a whole range of different projects, particularly for women. So what I'm trying to do is help people in the first world while doing something with that money to help people in the third world and some in the first world as well that are less fortunate than us. So there's the normal book and then there's the divorce specific book because that's the other area where I see a lot of people were coming in after they'd signed off on their divorce and then it's too late. And this is a big area where mistakes happen and they're very expensive mistakes. So again, getting people to understand why they should get advice before they sign on the dotted line. So again, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, but you can, um, you know, they're both beneficial, but obviously you don't want a divorce book hanging around your house if you're happily married because that doesn't go so well. Yeah, I did actually have to explain to my husband because the, the divorce book was sitting on top of your your other book and then um, it was probably about a week or two and I thought I should probably just explain to my husband why right. that book's there uh, because I thought, and he hadn't noticed, but as soon as I explained it and he realised that this look of like shock on his face, I was like, no, 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 it's just, it's it's research, yes. <laughs> not yeah. for me. And then I was just like, oh my God, I think I'm digging myself into a bigger <laughs> hole. <laughs> I promise I'm not lying. I'm yeah, yeah, so yes, but no, it's it is it's valuable to, to have and I'll put, um, I'll put links and names in the show notes so that that you can go and um, anyone listening who wants to find out more can can find out where to find these books. Thank um, you. But um, but yeah, because it's it, it's it's that general. We don't know what we don't know, and there's so right. much like itty bitty information in the media out there, and and a lot of it is very individual. Like you can go like for instance, um, even the rules regarding insurances, for example. You know, it used right. to be the you know opt out method in your superannuation fund. Now it's opt in. Do people even know what that means? people have this assumption that they're going to be covered by insurance when they join a super fund not necessarily anymore and and that when you consolidate that impacts your insurances too because you know how all that works together so there's 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 some complexity in all of that that we just we don't even know about no exactly right and you know the nominations some lapse some don't people have got 
ineligible people they're leaving their money to and they think it's fine, but it doesn't tie up. So it's about getting what I call the left hand and the right hand together. And I'll say, obviously, there's tons of other pieces that go up from the foundations, but in the five foundations in all my years of doing this, mm. no one has ever passed the five foundation test. So there is something in there. I mean, what's the book cost? Maybe $30. Mm. I can pretty much guarantee you, you will get $30 times, I don't know how many multiples back by avoiding a mistake or by doing something that's key. So I think, you know, the feedback, it's, it's always hard, right? You put and I used to work, as you know, for, you know, Robbie Williams and, the, and Sia and those in the music industry in a former life. So when you throw out a song, now I understand what it's like where you're like, oh, it's open to criticism. But, uh, you know, people have been incredibly kind saying, I didn't know that or I really got it. It was easy to read. Yeah. Um, so, again, if that's all you do rather than getting advice from someone, I think it's, you know, it should help you. And I please, please, I hope it does. Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's a very yeah. So we'll 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 follow on that. So just just can you give us an overview of what the the five areas are, just to give um listeners an idea? Yeah, sure. So the you know it's a bit like building a house. So you get those foundations right to hold up all these investments and things that you do on top. Because if we get something wrong in there, it will fall down. So the first one's the emergency fund, and you know nothing like the good old COVID to expose people to you know, having money for a rainy day and um, things change. And when they change, they can change rapidly. So, but good things can happen. Kids can make sports teams and you want to go overseas and watch them. You know, it's just about making sure you've got buffers there that for women, particularly we're wired for security. So it's um, the sleep at night factor. And for everybody that's different, you know. The second one is what I call a spending and an investment plan. So most people use the terminology budget. I don't usually like the word budget because it's a bit like handcuffs and it'll be like a diet and we'll get focused and we'll do something. Then we'll go, oh, this is too hard. It's unrealistic. And then you just blow it and you actually do more damage because, you know, it wasn't achievable. But the reality is we are going to put gross, buy groceries, petrol in the car, go on holidays, get our hair done, put kids through school, whatever it is. Work out what that spend is and you should have something left over, which is the investment piece. So then it's like, okay, well, do I pay off my home? Do I put that in super? Do I start an investment? What do I do with that money and what strategies help me stretch that money further to whether that means you get some tax deductions for things or, you know, whatever it is, but that's a whole, and that's probably where the advice really does come into play in terms of what's appropriate there. The third one is around insurances, so private health cover, general insurance, because, again, if you get those wrong, they can be costly experiences. And then the other one, which is what you were talking about before, those personal insurances, so life insurance, total and permanent disablement, income protection, trauma, and obviously we hope they're all a waste of money because uh, the alternative is not good if you do get sick and you have to draw. But if you do, then having those things appropriately in there. Now, we've seen a lot of change here and it keeps changing. So, you know, things that um, how you retain those, if it's in super minimum balances, active contributions, all these things that have to happen. So that is a minefield. 
Um, but it is also very become very expensive. Interest, the um, premiums have gone up around 25 to 30% recently on a lot of them. So again, it's about what's appropriate and getting, again, getting advice around what's appropriate or checking what you think. Again, don't, you know, avoiding mistake because if you do let it go, and you have some health history, then you may not get insurance again because that's certainly tightened up a lot more as well. And then four is super. So again, the mistake about consolidating could be a mistake, could be the right thing, but it does need further input. Fees is, you know, there's a lot of noise about fees, but uh, that's a whole discussion in itself because just because you get cheap fees doesn't necessarily mean, you know, great investments because it's, you know, Aldi versus Coles or, you know, different choices in different structures, um, what's appropriate for you. How's your money invested? So, again, we go back to what we are talking about, the risk that you want to take. You know, do you, do you take ideally probably less risk as you're older than when you're younger because you can't touch it? But again, what sort of investments are appropriate for you? How do you do that? When do you make the changes? Um, strategy is obviously key around superannuation. You get opportunities to do different things at different ages and stages of life. Yeah. And then you've got um, the nominations, like who are you leaving it to? Uh, this is often where people leave it to their mum because we all love our mums, but um, they might not meet the criteria because if they are not financially dependent on you, then that's probably a problem around that. But it's a great way. Nominations is great to tie in with number five, which is estate planning. Um, but also in super, obviously, is the insurance link back to insurance. You know, should you pay it from super? Some are tax deductible. So should you pay it outside of super? Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you have a business, you need these foundations for yourself and then your business as well because they're separate entities. And estate planning, which is the wills, the powers of attorney, advanced health directives, special trusts, special disability trusts, all these trusts that try and keep the assets, what we call keeping the assets in the bloodline in case you have a relationship breakdown. Yeah. Um, and what we need to think about is where's mum or dad's or our rich auntie's will? Have they done those if they're leaving things to us? Have they set it up appropriately so that we can try and protect what falls through to you? Yeah. So. That's quick, quick version of the five, but, you know, obviously, you know, there's probably 20 to 50 points underneath to make sure that you get everything right. But hopefully then what you build on top doesn't fall down. If you lose your job, you've got the emergency fund. If you get sick and can't work, you've got the insurances. And then it's about, okay, well, what do we prop up to get the lifestyle we want now and for the long term? Yeah, and that's it. And there's, I think, while there is a lot of stuff in there, a lot of it can be relatively simply resolved um, yeah. with the right knowledge and and doing it ahead of time rather than retrospectively. I mean, yeah. obviously, with wills, you can't do that anyway. Um, one one of the one of the questions that I get um, quite a lot is about so when you were talking about investing, is ethical investing right? How does that um, how does how do you deal with that and does that is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing? Obviously, there's probably it depends. Um, yeah, it how, does, how does that come up? It's a good old. It depends is quite yeah. quite an appropriate two words to use in our industry a lot. Um, overarching, I would say, you know, we go back a few years, and most people would have to sacrifice returns in order to um, 
do ethical investing. So yeah. there was a, a bit of a price to pay. So the question then was, well, you know what, do I do I go with capitalism and make my money and I, you know, support directly some charities that are important to me with the money that I'm making and that's a, a trade-off? Yes. There are so many funds out there now because obviously the market has demanded it. So there are oodles canoodles of all these different funds that you can have. So, but you, when you start to strip it down, what's important to you? So Classic was, I remember many years ago, talking to a lady about this one and uh, and she was like, well, she didn't want alcohol, anything alcohol related in her portfolio. Yeah. Um and so when I looked at it, I was like, okay, so that's tough because now you've got alcohol in perfume, you've got alcohol in medications, you've got, you know, so how do you do that? And then we've got, you know, um, my understanding is, you know, there are some issues, for example, with coal, like you can go and get coal from, uh, if you don't get it from Australia, you can go and get it, they'll get it from another country, but that coal is not as good quality and actually does more damage than the one that's coming from Australia. So, you know, there's a range of different things because overarching, I think we all want to do the right thing. I think people are passionate about that. There are companies under pressure to meet those. And then there are investment organisations who are finding these appropriate ones, but they're all different. So yes, um, and if that's something you're passionate about, there are a ton of opportunities. And then it's just about nailing where those uh, grey areas are that you're comfortable with where it looks like this, but it might be more like that when you get more knowledge. Yeah. So once again, you go to see somebody who knows about this, that's <laughs> something that's important to you because there's, it's like it depends and there's a, there's a level of complexity in that, especially depend, depending on what it is that you want to achieve. Yeah. But when somebody um, comes to you, what's like the, what are the first, you, you mentioned sort of like meeting three, what's like the first so a couple of steps? Um, so what could people expect? Yeah. So the first meeting, I just get an idea about what, where they're at, you know, what are they hoping to achieve? What's the issue? Yeah. Um, and then just talk through our process and the fee structure. So everybody's very clear about if they want to go ahead or not, and if it's a good match. The next meeting is very much about probably a little bit of the work that you've done. You know, we go through a series of questions, what we call discovery around what's important to you, what happens in this scenario and break it down. And that's quite a, a hitting discussion. And you often hear, oh, I haven't thought about that, which is good. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously with couples as well, uh, interesting when those questions get asked, where's, oh, oh, no, I thought we were doing this. And so it actually lays it on the table. And many yeah. times, again, couples have said that was so beneficial because I didn't know that or, yeah. you know, so that's beneficial. And then we usually go and do some homework in the background and gather some bits and pieces to identify what the issues and opportunities are that reside in there. Then we have another meeting mm -hmm. to discuss the investment and to discuss those things before you commit to the advice stage because that's where the bigger money is yeah. um, in terms of spending that. Mm -hmm. um, and fortunately, look, with a lot of the situations, that it pays for itself. You know, there's something yeah. in there they weren't doing, weren't aware of, leaking mm -hmm. money, extra tax, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And that's always the best because then, you know, you've made a difference to help them get to where they want to be, but you've also, you know, it's co it essentially cost them 
sort of nothing you know because yeah. well, there's also the it's it's a, it's a, it's unquantifiable but there's the prevention the prevention of loss of money that right provide as well so there's there's value in that but it's difficult to put a dollar value on that because it's not like that movie sliding doors where you can look at if you went did this what would happen or if you did this what would happen and then you can compare we don't we don't get that benefit <laughs> And like what you were saying, you know, that um, people actually taking action. I mean, we are nearly at 2023 and we think, goodness, COVID is still very much in our minds, which is nearly three years ago, you know. So how quickly things move and if we don't take action, another another year or another month or another week just sweeps by us and we've lost that because when it comes to investing, you know, time is your friend. Yes, yeah, and it's, yeah, well, anything, the compounding, well, the benefit of compounding can go either way. Um, right. So obviously you pay off your debt quickly, but you want to invest to, to take advantage of time and compounding. Um, yeah. So, yes, no, that's 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 really helpful. Um, so do people, how to, I mean, I'll put the, there's a link, I'll put the link in the show notes, but do people just um, send you an email or is there a booking form? How's, what's the first Kind of how do they how do they find you? Yeah, so we've got on our form uh, we've got a form on the contact us page, and uh, they can just complete that, and that'll pop through. Yeah. Um, if they can tell us maybe a little bit about what what they're inquiring for, like what is their issue or their what are they trying to achieve, yeah, and um, and a little bit about their situation is good, so we can see if we're the right fit and um and guide accordingly if it's not us then we can refer on to someone who is appropriate yeah um to to also consider so the idea being you know um you still can get connected to where you need to get connected and keep moving it's just finding the right place to be Yes, no, that's that's lovely. Thank you. There's so much valuable information in there, and we could keep on going, but I don't. I'm conscious that it's it can get a bit overwhelming, so we we'll we'll leave it there for today. Um, yeah. But there's there's a lot of value still in Helen's books, and then obviously the actual service that she provides. So I, I highly recommend um, listeners check all of those out. And like I said, there'll be how to get to all of that in the in the notes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for your insights and your time as well. You're welcome. And can I congratulate you on all that you've achieved and pushed ahead with something that you're very passionate about. And I think what you've done, even this podcast, is amazing. So, yay. Thank you. you. We'll help help bring women on the journey and education, lift wealth, and we'll rule the world. No, I would say rule the world. (laughs) We don't need to rule the world. But we We just can't find that Beyonce song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. We need like a theme song. But yeah, thank you very much, Helen. And um, yeah, and we'll we'll have you again because there's there's more to to unpack, especially in the divorce space uh, from the financial area. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep the we'll keep the conversation going. Love to. Thank you. Thank you.